0: Welcome to Talk 30 to me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life my kid and an athlete, love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony,
1: but most people just call me Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So my parents picked me up from the airport. Uh, when was this? This was this past Tuesday when I came home from, from D.C. And we're driving from the airport back to the house, and the, my dad was like, hey, you know, this might not be anything, but uh, I think someone tried to break into your car. What? And I was like, wait, what? How can that not be a thing, <laughs> I like, period? I was like, wait, wait, where come did on, this even dad. come from? Come on, dad. So we're looking, um, he shows me the window seal where it looks like <laughs> someone had, like, tried to uh, file down or file through the, I don't know what they, you know what it looked like, but it just looked like it had been filed down. And I was like, okay, that's weird. So we get to the house, we get out of the that's car, weird. and we're looking on the outside, and there's nothing there. I cannot find any signs of forced entry. Okay. And, you know, we were driving home. I, you know, I jokingly said, I was like, actually, it looks like someone tried to break out of my car, not thinking anything it's of It's like
0: it. escape room. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, yeah, you know, what are
1: those flash mob escape rooms? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, you know, fast forward uh, to the next day, I get in my car to go to work. And I look on my dashboard and I was like, wait, is that? And I start looking around and I see more of these little, it looks like little pellets. And I was like, no, this cannot be happening. And so then I, I get out the car, I look around other places and I see, uh, I keep a jacket in the back of my of my car. So, you know. Just I, in case.
0: Just in case, right? Light jackets. Yeah. So Easy I open it up night.
1: and then like, just like you see like parts of material falling off because it's been chewed through. Uh, you see poop in the was jacket. It a good
0: jacket? I
1: mean, it wasn't the best, but it was like, it was I, I've, I've had it, I've had it for like, almost 10 years you're
0: infested
1: your car is infested yeah bro it's disgusting so I, then I put two and two together and I was like oh wait so my mom had been driving my car around while I was out of town and she said I hadn't seen anything until the day we picked you up is we your saw. mom
0: keeping pet mice <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't
0: know <laughs> I don't know, it's her, so I guess it's we, her I, dirty little secret right. that she hasn't told anyone. <laughs> She's trying to sweep it under the rug. <laughs> wow, no pun intended. Right, that
1: was a good one. That actually. was a good one. <laughs> so I guess you guys had a heat wave over like the last week or so. Um, yeah. So in my car, it really looks like someone tried to chew through the door to get out. And so my, like, no. my sister was like, "Maybe they were in there during the heat wave, and they were really trying to get out. because oh, They, they like literally chewed through my window seal. Oh shit! Yeah." so i was just i i was i you know it would have been more
0: impressive had they chewed through the firewall between the driver the 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 cabin and the engine block that would have been fucking insane that it's still inconclusive
1: how they got into the car and that could be very well how they got in but i was i was telling um who was i telling I was talking to cliff and i was like you know it was so easy because one of my girlfriends ex-girlfriends I was at her house and her aunt called and said, there's a mouse in the house. Can someone come and get it? me, Cliff ran over there. We went and took care of it. Like nothing, right? And I called Cliff and I was like, hey, bro, I think there's something living in my car. Mouse in the house part two. Right, and I was like, I, can't, I snakes I can't. on a plane meets <laughs> mouse in the <a> car. <laughs> oh, I can I told him, "I was like, bro, I can't deal with this. I cannot deal with this. I, I just don't mouse even wanna... get in a
0: car. I don't I've never know. Heard of anything like this?" before.
1: And so I had I had done a story on on Instagram, and one of my boys, uh, James, he hit me up. He's like, "Yo, you should call insurance because his homie had the same issue, and they just ended up cashing no. him out. They
0: they totaled what the car. The fuck. They just told the car and cashed him out." So I was like, "Okay, so I I'm called more, insurance." Uh, hold on, I'm more blown away at the fact that someone else had the same issue like this is uncommon this cannot be a thing
1: this is uncommon in california common in other
0: states i still don't see it but okay
1: yeah i mean a lot of times you have uh, mice or rats going into your engine for heat or warmth Uh and they'll end up nesting near the battery and chew through wires Uh, i can see that but But in the cabin cabin, yeah no that's that's different so So uh, I, call, I call State Farm and, and they said, okay, you know we'll have a tow truck, come pick up your car. You, what body shop do you like? And I was like, oh, this is where I used to go. So I called the guy and I was like, hey, a car coming in. He's like, I, I can't take any cars right now. We're full. And I told him the situation. He's like, okay, uh, we'll make room. I know this is kind of an I can't push you off till next week. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I'm carless. I'm actually here today because Sankeys actually picked me up. But Sankeys
0: isn't here. <laughs> 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 I got it. <laughs> I, I have found the solution.
1: Yeah, bros. But I was after that happened. I you can I, let Obi out in the car. Oh, I, should, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. You should have driven it here.
0: Left Obi in dude, the car, I didn't even want to drive it to the Obi body shop. Die. The body
1: shop isn't that far from my house. I was just like, I'm not getting in the car. I don't want to deal with this. You're I I, hell, it's I just a mouse. I just wanna I just walked away. I just I'm like here take the keys. I don't even care. Oh, <laughs> Total <you> guy's like
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, he probably looked at you. me like sideways and I was like, I don't I don't care. You take t- you, you make you make this shit go away. I'm paying you for this, <laughs> <so."> <laughs>
0: don't judge me you asshole <laughs> that's why i pay for insurance for right right and it's covered i guess i've never heard of anyone getting a car totaled because it had a fucking mouse inside but not that's... a mouse i think there was an
1: infestation in that okay one.
0: that makes sense if you have like i mean i was thinking this whole time if you have two you're fucked because two can be 20 in a couple days really it's it's no joke yeah man I think in, in under a year uh, a couple of mice can make like a million descendants Wait, or something what? like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. you're fucking around. I'm not. I wish I was. I mean when two become four, four become eight, it's 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 exponential growth. That's exactly the definition of mm-hmm. exponential. That's fucking terrifying.
1: So I am ready to walk away from my car and never drive it again. Eve, I love you, but and we've had we've had some great times. How do people name their cars? I still love Eve the that. Endeavor, bro. Why not? Oh, okay fine <laughs> right, but, I, but i mean if this is our time this is our time and it was
0: well spent godspeed that's funny how you could just break away from your car for so long i i can't imagine losing my car even though i'm actively trying to replace it right now that's waiting funny. for the right think, time i was
1: thinking the same thing you've been you've been trying to get rid of your car for like 10
0: years and you just haven't done it <sighs> right
1: the opportunity has presented itself and you just have not done yeah,
0: it. yeah i i'm waiting for the right time and i think it's the right time anyway I kind of had a similar situation recently, went to comic con a couple weeks ago and I had to make a decision. I could either be a crazy fanatic about collecting a certain toy, right? Which I had to get there. Like I probably had to, to wait 24 hours in advance in line at a chance of getting a toy, right? At a fucking chance. It's a random drawing that you do. So you wait in line for like a day, a day and a half, to get a chance at a toy and that you might not even get because in the end that randomness might not go and fall in your favor so i decided to walk away from that completely and just say no i'm not doing this i'm not going to get into that because it's just too far for me so what happened from that what spurred out from that was opportunity another opportunity came about so there's another toy, and I, I completely didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I, I just ran into a couple of people, and they are like, nah, you know, Funko is out. There are no more Funko ticket giveaways right now. And I was like, what the fuck? Literally just everyone got let in, and it, this is like 6.45, 7 o'clock. They're like, yeah, it was done in under half an hour. They give out all their tickets, and it was done for the day. I was like, what the fuck? That's insane. Like, I was barely getting into the building, you know? And so... I ended up wandering into a line waiting for a Lego minifigure. And this is only a line that you had to hold wait on, in hold for. On, wait, wait. How do you wander into a line? You just happen to be like, oh, well, I guess so I'm in someone yelled out, Lego is forming, Lego is forming. And I was like, mm. ah, Lego, let me go see what's up with this. So I was kind of sauntering and everyone was kind of like hustling. I was like, do, 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 do. And everyone was like, oh, shit, Lego, Lego. And then they were running down the stairs to get the Lego line. And I was like, okay, well, fuck it. Might as well wait in line. So I wait in line, and I had spoken to a couple of people uh, the previous day, and I think this was Saturday, that I was by myself on Comic-Con. My wife just decided, I'm not going on Saturday. It's going to be too crazy. You're on your own. I was like, cool. I'll go there early and (laughs) get my own shit in. And she was totally fine with it. So I I wandered in the Lego line, and I was like, yeah. So I was with a group of people, and you know, we just started talking, getting to know each other. I was like, well, yeah, this shouldn't be bad anyway. This line will be done in a couple hours anyway. They're like, a couple hours? This is a minimum like six hour wait. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you're going to have to dedicate most of your day to waiting in line for this Lego minifigure. I was like, Lego minifigure? Fuck that. I can go to Toys R Us right now and buy it. They're like, no, you can't. This is an exclusive minifigure. It's only here at Comic-Con. And it's a Deadpool duck. It's a Howard the Duck meets Deadpool minifigure. So you really waited for six hours? I waited for six hours for the minifigure. You know, first and and hold on, real quick. This was at again a randomized chance at getting the minifigure. It wasn't even a guarantee. It was like a thirty to forty percent chance you'd get this thing. That's how exclusive it was, and they didn't have a whole lot of them. So now on eBay, these things are going for like two hundred bucks, and up for a fucking Lego minifigure. It's literally like three inches. So
1: first, first thing, it it really blows my mind how into the stuff you are. Like, I I, I don't know why I feel like you have this you're more of like a finer things in your life kind of experience. I don't know why I had that perception of you. Mm. And then to get so geeked over Comic-Con and toys. And the <laughs> fact that you told me earlier, you have a box at the comic book store that who the fuck has a bo- their own box at a comic book store? I, I do.
0: <laughs> what? Cause I just don't like going shopping for comic books. I like all my comics, the comics that I want to be there. When I get there, I buy my shit, have a nice discussion with the guy at the counter whom I'm, I've grown fond of. And uh, that's it. I leave. I, I, I don't peruse. I know what I want. Everything else doesn't matter to me.
1: Okay, so in, I guess in my defense, that is a very lavish approach to the comic book experience. Right? <laughs> it is,
0: <laughs> granted.
1: But I do spend quite a lot of money at the comic book store. That's insane. But you wasted six hours. Well, I mean, you didn't waste six, you got...
0: No, so the cool thing about it was the group I was with... Wait, they, are we talking about this is a chance encounter with some interesting people? Chance encounter people? with some interesting but Very interesting people, actually. Uh, Really, really cool, knowledgeable people. Really chill. I think if next year, if we keep uh, communicating over the, the message boards and Reddit or whatnot, we'll probably meet up and make a designated meetup. But they're really cool people. I learned a lot from them because a couple of them were very experienced Comic-Con people. And again, chance encounter because I walked away from one opportunity and said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be that crazy fanatic. And it ended up not working out anyway. Wait, how do you you say I'm not going to be a crazy fanatic and then stand in line for six hours? Well, you know what? For me, it was more like I'm in line. I'm actually in a really good spot in the line. We were probably in the first 100 to 150 people. Actually, you know what? That was before the line started exploding because people were holding spots in line anyway. Mm. Holding spots in line. It's bad, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a really good place in line. We were like, "You know what? I I I I was like Fuck it, might as well. And the fact that they were holding my spot in line while I went to kind of walk the floor and all that, and we were taking turns on the floor, that was cool because I spent about three hours on the floor. So it was really about three hours. Oh, worth wow. waiting. That
1: was like a nice uh, yeah. group that you met then.
0: Yeah, really nice. I mean, it wasn't three hours in one shot. Oh, okay. It was like an hour and a half and then another hour and a half.
1: <laughs> I'll be back. I'm going to get myself a pretzel. I'm going to go buy some other toys and uh, maybe take a nap.
0: <laughs> There's another funny story <laughs> that came from that, actually, because we were in the convention center so early. I actually snuck onto the convention center floor. I coaxed one of the guards and letting me into the floor story for another day i think but i was in on the floor at seven thirty. doors I, open at nine thirty. when you say coax are we talking about like putting money in hand or did
1: you really like put the charm on i pulled him aside to the bathroom and, you know whoa the rest, the rest is history no, i'm joking and now i got the howard the duck <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i fucked that motherfucker up he had no idea what was coming to him when he took his dick uh, no um, and that's all going in the show no so when to walk away when to walk away when do you walk away so when it comes down to it and you're presented with several opportunities when do you decide to either take another opportunity and walk away from the, you know, the, the kind of path that you're on now and change directions or stay on that course and play it out and see how it goes. Double down.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things that's, you know, that saying, uh, the grass is always greener. Uh, and then the opposing view is, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. Sure. it, I think it's circumstantial and it it really depends on, you know, there's people that in in using the same analogy, there's people that have been watering this lawn and it's just never going to grow. The soil is just not optimized or you
0: don't live in this best place for, you know, this grass to grow. Oh, so you mean like when Dev was approached with a seven year season extension on his Cupcake Wars show and he was like on the fence about it, which to me was like, dude, this is your dream. Like you wanted to be big time. Right. This is your gateway.
1: Yeah. He's presented with the opportunity to be doing what he wants to be doing. Well, per se, he's on screen, he's on TV and he's doing something involving food. uh, And now they're throwing big money at him, but he's just not happy. Right. Now, is that an issue of the show that he's not happy with or what he's doing that he's not happy with? Or is he feel like he's meant for bigger and better things than what he's currently in? and is it is it wrong to think that right am i too big for this and not and maybe not even in this arrogant perspective but it's not necessarily where he thought he was when it started out it was something that was you know it's cool as fresh as different or maybe it's it's a chance for him to actually have you know a stream of income or something right especially being an artist but if it's ultimately taking him away from where he sees himself or it's no longer moving him or he doesn't feel motivated to be a part of this anymore is, that,
0: is it wrong to feel that way? I think it isn't wrong to feel that way, but what struck me as odd was, I guess not odd, but what I was thinking about immediately is like, does he see the opportunity in what he's doing? Does he have that kind of foresight? And for me, looking at season one and season two, I struggle to identify with the fact of whether or not he has the ability to see ahead. Well, what would be the opportunity that that he's not seeing that you saw? That seven-year commitment to him looked deep. He's never committed so far, as far as we know, right? He's never committed to anything like that before. But on the other hand, ironically enough, he's searching for something like that. He really is. That is the whole point of his searching for a relationship, trying to find himself by going to Italy and coming back and getting exactly what he wanted, but it might not have been what he wanted, but it has the potential to open up more doors for him.
1: It does, but if if we look at a historical perspective of people that are hosting shows and how that launches careers or traject- career trajectories, mm-hmm. is there really a positive correlation there? Are they going to be typecast into, oh, you're just a host, or are you a serious
0: actor, or you know, whatever, you know, you can only do reality, you're never going to be able to do. Yeah. Do you think that was really his, his thought? I don't know. I, I think that's giving him too much credit, quite honestly.
1: I, I don't think that might have been his thought, but it was definitely something that he, if this isn't something he wanted to be a part of, then why would he continue to invest his time in it?
0: I think he was just being very impetuous. How so? He was trying to accelerate his career, and I can relate because I've done the very same thing. I've done the exact same thing. He's not in, the, he, he's in a good spot, but he's not where he wants to be yet. He wants to be in the forefront. He wants to be a—I guess he wants to be looked at in a different way, and Cupcake Wars to him was like a joke. He even said it in previous episodes. He was like, you know what? This is bullshit to me. It's just something to pass the time, you know, until another opportunity comes along. He saw it as a stepping stone immediately. He didn't see it as a career launcher. But for me, looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it's like, well, where's the opportunity? Oh, there's lots of opportunity. This fucking thing is riddled with opportunity, endorsements, potential guests, networking, derivative of uh, derivatives that would uh, come from this one opportunity, right? But he's looking at it from the sense that, you know what, it's not giving me fulfillment, and I could totally identify with that because I've been there, right? I've been there with my career, and I've moved. And, you know, it was interesting that I came to that conclusion because I've I've been in that situation, and yet I was thinking, well, where's the opportunity in that? But I know how it feels like to be frustrated. I know how it feels like to have a, a team that just isn't where it needs to be, mm-hmm. And that just frustrates the hell out of me, and I'm like, you know what? This could be so much better if I had the right people behind me. And he, then he looks at an opportunity with, you know, his his mentor. He's like, you know what? Why don't we do something together? And I've never had that where I can go to my mentor and say, hey, you know what? We'd make a great fucking team. Let's knock this out of the park. I still don't. Well, first off, it's because you're not vulnerable enough. Second, ouch. <laughs> second,
1: it, maybe it's you're fu- right. Maybe you're right. It's funny because it, we are both projecting our own selves into this and we're seeing one storyline and seeing two different things. Cause isn't you're that, talking about, isn't that
0: clever how he can do that with one episode? <laughs> is that deliberate? I
1: don't I, know. Probably. But like your projection of like, he is not seeing what, uh, or he's seen this as a short term. I, fr- I forget how you phrased it. Yeah. Essentially. Or, you know, riddle long opportunities the Yeah. And, and for me, I'm seeing it from the perspective of like, okay, I'm doing it. I was excited to do it, but now it's getting to the point where I'm dreading it and I'm looking for any way out. He or, wasn't even doing it for that long. Doesn't matter. But all the,
0: all the bullshit that he went through in that season was enough for him to be like, okay, this is, and that's what led me to say that he's very impetuous. It's like jumping at what he felt like, uh, or jumping off, off the ship that he felt like wasn't moving fast enough for him. And again, it's ironic because I've been there and I felt the exact same thing. And I know what he's going through in the show. And it's probably paralleling something along the lines of what he's going through in real life, which could have spurred what he's doing with Master of None, right? That was exactly the point I was going to make, right? Because when I was going through it in
1: probably my second or third job out of undergrad, that's when I started to... Just take the ball into my own court and create my opportunities for myself outside of uh, my tra- the traditional nine to five. Right? It was in in those moments of deep frustration and and lacking fulfillment that I went and took the initiative to find fulfillment in other ways. Mm. And that's what he did when he presented the show, uh, Best Food Friends, right? Best
0: Food Friends, <laughs> BFFs. That was a fucking weird title I mean I can't believe they went for a super cheesy super corny perfectly Aziz yeah I think but that's the thing when he did that it really blew me away it's like he had he had balls and even I think so <laughs> big get him off my desk <laughs> yeah there you go and that was a beautiful line um I couldn't believe it because I don't think I'd have the courage to do something like that although I think I would. It would just have to be the right, it would have to be the perfect storm for me. <laughs> it's funny because I think the same way, but I think it had to be the right context, right? Where- Yeah, for him, it didn't feel like that though.
1: No, it, it was just something like he was just being true to himself, so yeah. to speak. Like he's like, you know, I, I don't want to do this. Very I know brave. it's money on the table. Yeah, it was very brave. And it's also very big to to walk away from a guaranteed, let's say that was a, probably a big amount that they're going to offer him sure. a seven-year yeah. deal, right? Yeah, I bet. To walk away from a guaranteed paycheck like that is tough. You know, and- I, I use this reference all the time, and it's always out of context because it's that old common song with, with Lauren Hill, $315 ain't worth your soul. The song's talking about abortion, but I use that in the oh. sense of like, okay, what am I willing to give up? What am, What is my time worth to me? And am I sacrificing too much of myself for this dollar amount? Mm. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I always go back in my head, it's like $315, that's just not worth my soul.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and you know what? I I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly and I've I've lived it. I've lived it to the point where it's it's part of my nature now. I will not sell myself out. I will not put myself in a position just for the money that I'm not comfortable with and I will be very vocal about it. And you know what? If people can accept me for that then i don't need that in my life i need to be myself and you know there are times in even now in my career where i feel like i can't be myself and it's frustrating and it gets to that point where i'm like man do i really want to keep doing this and then there are times where it's like i can be myself and i'm accepted for that and and everything's just meshing and it's like yes this is great you know i and it, it's tough it, it gets rough you know it's really rough out there
1: So my question for you specifically, because I feel like you battle between wanting to be this counterculture DIY person or, you know, I don't know about entrepreneur, but at least a small business owner, right? Like Mm -hmm. since you grew up in that environment. Yeah. But then you also want to be a company man at the
0: same time. And I feel like that's like a conflicting experience that you're going through. Well, here's the reality of it small business owners and entrepreneurs can do it and do it really well but i feel like the perfect storm is you get that experience you learn and you aggregate that experience into your own life and then you do it and you do it well you have more of a chance of success in my opinion you have more of a chance for success if you have that exposure to success right the old saying that um, If you uh, if you desire success, surround yourself with successful people. It's the same mentality, just taken to another, taken in in, in different context, right? I'm aggregating. I'm learning from a company right now that has done amazing things in their short history, and I'm using that knowledge and I'm using that experience. And right now, I even work for the same kind of company uh, within Starbucks. I work for a startup type company in making juice. Starbucks doesn't make juice. They make coffee, so they don't know what they're doing with juice. But it's amazing to see what we can do when we have the right team together and the right mentality and the right people pushing a product that's emerging on the market and really making its way out there. This is really like having my own business without the risk and the liability. And that's why I think it's so important for me to learn to be a company man. Because if I expect that out of the people that are going to work for me eventually, I might as well expect it out of myself right now. And that's the struggle that I have. It's it's accepting that reality that's very difficult for me. Okay, but the,
1: my question is why though? Why do you expect the company man mentality and why are you going to expect that from other people? Because if you go into uh, a startup or create your own startup, it's going to be a different type of culture, right? And it's going to be a different type of experience. And you get to dictate what that will look like, good or bad. I understand, you know, learning the infrastructure and how things and, and getting ideas and, and, and uh, processes from a corporate entity, like like a, a major corporation, like a Starbucks kind of deal, and how they, they run things, how they treat their employees, how they, you know, are efficient and whatnot. But at the same time, I know some of those processes might be not to say the downfall of your experience, but what might be pushing you out as far as not working with your personality or the experience that you're looking for. As much as you've raved about your experience there, you know, because you've you've had nothing but like glowing reviews and your whole your whole like I say your whole life, but your whole demeanor's changed since you started working there yeah. in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But from where we were a year ago, that was that wasn't even a thought, you know, and, and it wasn't even a conversation we were entertaining. It was about you know I'm gonna work here
0: and then I'm gonna create my own thing and then completely go left field so to kind of touch on what you mentioned before why would i why would i endure that and become a company man and why would i expect that other people that were going to work for me it's because of loyalty and you know what Uh, oddly enough i think a couple of my coworkers and i were having this discussion before and you know what it's uh, the age of the company man is dead yeah for sure there is no one that will just be that for their company anymore because you know what? Companies ran their employees into the ground thinking that, oh, the company man is a standard. This is what you must abide by. abide by, And that was wrong of them to do that. And, and by doing that, they broke the one piece of American culture, I feel, in the workplace, uh, American culture in the workplace, that was so unique to our society was that the company man was the prevalent you were rewarded for being a company man right it was a prevalent it was a prevalent circumstance now i feel like that is is done and gone and there's mm-hmm. no more loyalty there's no more you know what i will bleed for this company no matter what like i'm staying here i'm going to be a 30 40 year you know company person there's none of that anymore and i feel like that loyalty is is what is has afforded us to have such good companies. And that's why I feel like Starbucks really strives to culture, it strives to culture that loyalty, to develop that loyalty within its employees. And not every company is gonna satisfy every employee the same way. Not every company is gonna get that outcome. But I feel like so far what I've gotten from it, I feel like giving back and when that has exhausted, when that back and forth has exhausted. Giving back to who? The company, okay. right? Because as the company gives to me, I I, I feel almost obligated, not obligated, but I feel compelled, compelled, there you go, to give back. Why not? It's given me so much. It's afforded my family a better life, me a better life. I've become a better person because of it. Why not? And that's what I want when I have my own company. I want to take that and I want to... and I wanna make it work because I've seen the other side of it. I've seen the employees that are mistreated, underpaid, overworked, and underappreciated, or even appreciated to an extent, but still the appreciation doesn't meet the desired expectation and where things just crumble. They but fall apart. That sounds just like
1: a breakdown of communication and you know, with effective leadership,
0: you know, I think you could avoid that with as
1: vocal as you are and how involved you would probably be with your 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 staff or your team, right? But I don't want to put this out there and, and get you in trouble, but like the whole, you know, back to the concept of when do you walk away, right? And it's either going to be a when you're unhappy or no longer feeling the fulfillment, right, or or b you are going to do the counter company man, right? And that's the whole uh, you have a better idea or you have a better opportunity that presents itself.
0: Yeah, you know it, what I mean. It could and that, happen,
1: and that takes completely annihilates the idea of, of loyalty because even if an opportunity presents itself or you have an
0: idea why wouldn't you take it to the company to present it right if if it's within the scope of what the company yeah. does yeah right right i would i would and if they're not willing to hear it that's how that's how spin-offs get made that's how companies are derived from and, and that's the thing it does it's it's not a conflict of interest and it's not and it's not covered by NDAs because this is a, an idea you gave them the opportunity to 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 take in but they never did mm-hmm. and even if they do in the future you've already it's it's essentially yours it's not developed i guess not developed anyways well, no no, that, that gets, no, that just
1: it's not because that that is the exact thing that happened with dev like he might have just pulled the idea out of his ass when he said what if we just you know went around and tasted all the great foods of, of new york and we just called the best food friends right it's not something he was like sitting on it and he was ready to pitch at least i don't remember that being part of the plot line No, I don't. I I think he just literally... He he just kind of threw it out there and you know, he got great reception and like, okay, then we're completely changing trajectory and we're not going to do this joint venture, right? And and that was his opportunity to walk away, but still maintain the loyalty to Chef Jeff or whatever uh, network, whatever the case is.
0: But had Chef Jeff not jumped on that... I think it would have been really hard for him to develop that on his own because he had the name. He had the name really pushing that idea forward. If it wasn't for the name he would not have gotten pushed forward like fast forward to the end of the season where everything fell apart why did it fall apart because of the name, name yeah the name fell out of the equation when you drop off one of the key components to the recipe the it, the flavor is not going to be the same right right and I- in essence it could be said it could be paralleled in my experience if if i have a great idea that falls within the realm of Starbucks Starbucks doesn't go for it Am I going to try that on my own? Am I going to try and go up against a Goliath that is Starbucks or even any other major coffee house and try and do that? Or can I go pitch it to another coffee house? All right. Hello, yeah. coffee bean. Anyway, it's <laughs> not going to, I'm not saying that could potentially happen. It could. Right. I'm not going to say that it's completely out of this world, but it all boils down to being in the moment and I think making sure that if you know the right time to walk away you kind of hit on it communicating and, and i'm taking it in a different direction mm-hmm. communicating with the right people to make sure that you aren't turning your back on them because in essence that's not the way it's going down you're taking care of yourself and if they can't see that then that's their problem but at least you gave them the opportunity to see that right yeah. and i would always be upfront with my employer i would always tell them you know what hey i, I got i got something right now and No matter what you say or do, I'm I'm really convinced that this is the best move for me and they're gonna respect it. I've already seen it happen, you know, at this company. So I'm I'm very confident in the fact that loyalty and and connections and networks are kind of dying off or or becoming diluted. And it's time to return back it's time to go back to basics with these things, you know. I mean,
1: cause I, I wanted to like combat that and say that's the whole point of of the startup movement because the people were feeling that lack of loyalty. But even in you're the right. startup culture, there is a lack of loyalty. There is take take. Oh yeah, major like tech companies. If you're not yeah. coming performing at or exceeding their high level expectations, you're
0: out. Yeah, it, but then they'll go to a rival company and then they're uh, they're given a different culture and environment to thrive in. Right, but that that that's still
1: takes away from the loyalty factor. There is no loyalty factor for even why aren't you reinvesting or cultivating the talent that you have.
0: Yeah, right? but this, remember, was a recent revelation for me. It was a revelation as of this past year, oh. maybe even eight months. And you it mean, wasn't before that. Eight months, you mean eight weeks? And by eight weeks, you mean like eight hours ago? <laughs> you mentioned it before. It wasn't a part of my being uh, a year ago. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Because I was given the right environment, given the right team, given the right uh, ideas to help culture this notion of loyalty is a thing that needs its place, that must remain in the workplace, that when I take it and distill it down to my own experience, when I do have a company, and that's when, it's not if, it's It's when when I Mm -hmm. do have a company, well, I do have one right now, but... When I have a larger company and I have more people that are accountable to me, I need that loyalty because that loyalty breeds trust. And that trust means that I can go on a vacation for two months and not have to worry about my fucking company falling apart or going Mm -hmm. to shit like these major CEOs. Yeah. And I don't have to have a fucking major uh, big company with thousands of employees. I just, you know, it it needs to be built on the right core foundations. And if it's not, it's going to fall apart. That At that point in time where I've learned enough and I've exhausted all the resources that I possibly can from my current career path, that's when I know I sh- that I can comfortably walk away. And that's why I think that I, I won't be walking away as much as I will be just putting pause on that and I could return to it at any time if need be. So, so going back to the whole concept like when to walk away – or no, no, no.
1: The original concept of uh, the grass is always greener, right? Because yep. you're not leaving because – you know, you don't like the bureaucracy or you don't like how you're being treated or your experience there. You're uh-huh. leaving because you feel you've outgrown it. Correct. Right? How do you make that judgment call? How do you know that you are in a place of, of, of sound mind to say, yeah, you know, I think I've outgrown this rather than, you know what? The opportunities
0: aren't there for me to continue growing. Right? It's just a negative, more of a negative perspective, I guess. Yeah, it's glass half full, glass half empty. I've done it before. That's how I know. I've done it before. I've I've walked away. Have actually done it before two or three times. <laughs> so I I can feel it, mm. and I'm very sensitive to the energies in my workplace. Mm. Very sensitive, almost to a fault, and it drives me nuts. But when this kind of thing happens, I'll, I'll know it, and I'll be able to just say, you know what, I'm I'm there, uh, I'm good. And if the employer is treating me really well, and if everything was good, you know, I'll I'll be real straightforward. If you're not, well, fuck you. Yeah, right? it, you don't deserve it because you haven't. What, earned do, you have, do you have more version. of an
1: explicit uh, story you could share? Like how that, how you knew, or what would it look like for you?
0: Um, you want the long and short of it? I can give a real brief overview. Yeah, you. everything should be real brief. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, in reality, I had a boss that was just really oblivious to everything. Didn't work out. Uh, he ended up getting fired, and a an interim took his place, and the interim just had it out for me. I guess I said something wrong that really didn't sit well with him, potentially. Maybe it was because I was being very straightforward in my leadership abilities, and I didn't consider the fact that he was the interim and give him his space and give him the right opportunity to, to acclimate, and that kind of pissed him off. But he had it out for me and he was gunning for me he wanted to fire me you know what when you have that kind of feeling it's like a monkey on your back that keeps mm. fucking knocking the shit out of you and you don't know where it's coming from it can come from any direction at any time and having that kind of paranoia when you're going into work super unhealthy i yeah. just felt it i was like you know what this isn't it so within that time frame that whole time frame i wasn't actively looking for something different but i put that energy out there and something different came along and I was really fortunate for for that something different to come along. It takes two to tango, I must say. It takes the the initial action for that person to reach out to you and say, "Hey, you know what? We're looking for someone like this." It takes you to have that fucking common sense, that that right mindset to say, "You know what? I think I need to get out of here right now. This is it. Like if I don't take this opportunity, I'm 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 on a sinking ship and I'm probably going to drown." Mm. Right? And and that's 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 where I was, and and it's at that point where I knew I had to transition out, and I had the presence of mind to get out. Yeah, you know. See, for me, it was when waking up every day just became
1: like a challenge. Like it was not like it wasn't like a depression, but I just dreaded going into the office. And I've actually had it uh, a couple times, but it's always been circumstantial, based off of uh, certain uh, interactions that I knew I was going to have to face, which is a little different rather than just being being in the office. That sounds like anxiety. It was it was yeah. anxiety induced uh, stress, but the other one was just the the entire office dynamic, the the role the office played, yeah. um, which is the nature of the office. You're not meant to be there for an entire career just because of how how difficult it is. You're supposed to do that, you know, your time there, really learn and and make your impact, and then look for opportunities for your skill sets to be effective in other aspects of that company, right? Whereas this one was just you know probably just a poor hire, and it was it was, it was brutal. Uh, and I, and that's, that was like, those the only times I really like considered, or actually it's not considered. I, I mean, I think about leaving in the sense, but I don't think I'd want to continue on. I think after 10 years of, of working in a nonprofit, I'm just going to kind of go into private and do my own thing. Yeah.
0: But just for the different feel of it.
1: Yeah. Different feel. And, and I, ideally just to have, <laughs> to reclaim my time,
0: man. You, know? there you Get that time. <laughs> but yeah, man. So I want to ask our listeners, when is enough enough? When can we just walk away from it all and just say, that's it. If it's not going in the right direction you and you feel it, or if it's not what you anticipated, or it's just not engaging you on the level that it was prior to your realization, or it just wasn't as engaging as it was before, how does this apply to your life? where do you see this fitting in and how did you approach it reach out to us let us know we want to hear from you and
1: turg where can they do that at
0: you can do that at i am randy z wait (laughs) Wait, that's not me (laughs) (laughs) you can do that at turg says no on instagram and twitter and you can find me
1: anywhere and everywhere
0: at i am randy z and what about you, Randy? And you can find
1: me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. And how about you, Randy? And you can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. And where can the people find you, Randy? You can find me. Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends.
0: Make sure you stop our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes, and if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk Theory to Me, I'm Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. Peace.
1: You could share, like how that how you knew, or what would it look like for you?
0: Yes, what time? What's our time? 37. Ooh, yeah, we we should. I don't want to get into that. It's that long, you can't do it in two minutes. Um, you want the long and short of it? I can give a real brief overview. Yeah, everything should be real brief. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. getting it Randy yet. I am Randy Z. <laughs> we should do stop, each other stop. swapping. <laughs> no, 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 that would no. be cute. It's like no curling the the no wine, no And